0: Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Trillian Newbell, and today I am excited to have pastor and radio host, Chris Brooks. We are reading through the Psalms, and I know Psalm 139 is an important text for you. It is for me, too. Before I became a Christian at the age of 22, I did not believe that a baby in the womb was a human life. I believed that baby maybe wasn't... Fully developed. I, I don't even know what I would have called uh, the baby, but I uh, maybe a. a I, I'm not even really sure. But I know that when I read Psalm 139 for the first time, it it blew my mind. I realized, wow, the Lord has a great plan for us before the foundation of the world. He's knitting us in our mother's womb. So here's my question. How does Psalm 139 help us consider our identity in Christ, a pro-life theology, and the dignity of every human being? Now, I know that's a lot. So pick your choice. (laughs) Where to begin?
1: Well, you know, first off, I want to say thanks again for having me. I love studying the word of God because we can't uh, share or defend what we don't first know. So Psalm 139 is such a beautiful text. And I think there's something to be said about what a Psalm is. A Psalm is not only a song, but it's a song that is based on the theology of scripture. So when you read these Psalms, yes, they're in many ways, Israel's playlist. if you will. They were the hymns that they would sing at their gatherings, but they were also used for teaching, for explaining the character of God, the nature of of salvation and who we are in God's plan. And when the psalmist opens up the the psalm, and I love this uh, little preface here, to the choir master, a psalm of David. So this is David and he submitted this to the choir master. It starts in verse Number one, oh, Lord, you have searched me and know me. Now, let's just pause there for just a moment just to know that God knows us intimately and individually and uniquely is such a powerful, powerful thing. Now, what David is going to go on to explain, Trillia, is that not only does God know him, but he loves him. Now this is something very unique to God and something that is uh is very um Uh, very rare among humanity typically the more someone knows about me or or you the less they may like us right so the the people who are the biggest fans oftentimes are the ones who see us just in our special moments but they don't see us when we wake up in the morning before uh... we've done all the grooming they don't see us in our bad moments when we're hungry or tired irritable or impatient but god according to david Fully and exhaustively knows me and still loves me. And I think that that is something beautiful for me to base my identity off of. So I'm not searching for someone to love me. I already have someone who loves me deeply. And we know that he expressed that love. The apex of that expression of love is to cross of Christ and his redemption. But you go you go on from there and you uh, ask the question about, what does it teach us about pro-life? Well, if my identity is based in the fact that I have a God who knows me exhaustively and loves me, I don't have to be afraid of my imperfections or insecurities because he has consumed them by his grace, he goes on to say, not only does he know me thoroughly, he knows me chronologically from the very beginning. In verse number 13, it says, for you form my inward parts, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Now think about when David is writing this. He's writing this before the ultrasound was ever invented, Trillian. Before we ever had a glimpse into the mystery of what happens in the development of a child in the womb, David already theologically had received uh, insight from the Lord that God was at work even before I was birthed god was at work while i was formed in my mother's womb this tells me a lot about um, conception that life begins at conception and that god is a giver of life now when you connect the psalms back to genesis one uh, 126 in particular that we've been made in the image and likeness of God, this is where uh, Christianity and Judaism before uh, introduces to the world this concept of Imago day, this concept that all human life has dignity. And every society that embraces this cares for its elderly, it cares for its disabled, it cares for the most vulnerable among us because we know, according to Scripture, that all human life has dignity because human life is a gift of God that God formed David in the womb of his mother. And not only did God bless David's mom with David, but he blessed our moms with us and, uh, and, and us with our children as well. Verse number 14, David goes on to say, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. This is something that we need to embrace in a world that tells us children are a burden. The Bible tells us no, children are a blessing. They are a gift from God and we need to celebrate like David did. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. David not only saw himself as being knit together in the womb of his mom, but as a blessing to his mother, to his parents as well. And so we need to, we need to see children as a blessing. Children aren't a burden, they are a blessing to us. You know, the other thing Trillia that this verse number 14 uh, tells me that I think we we all need to embrace is that Children have uh, extreme value as well. I think that abortion is able to happen when we devalue what's in the womb. For example, if a woman was carrying a child and, and she was convinced that I'm carrying the next Martin Luther King Jr. in my womb, or I'm carrying the next Abraham Lincoln in my womb, or Maya Angelou in my womb, then I don't think that that woman would abort that child. But what we uh, convince people is that what you're carrying in your womb is not that special. It's not that developed. Uh, even if you carry this child uh, to, uh, to, cons- to, uh, to, to birth, that um, it will live a life of brokenness or poverty or whatever. But how many people do we know that have come from broken or hard circumstances that have gone on to make a tremendous impact on the world? David teaches us something different in this psalm that when we think about life in the womb, we should think about it as wonderful and made for great works by an awesome God. Um, Verse number 15 goes on to say, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. God certainly sees us as viable and valuable even in the womb. So we need to celebrate life for the uh, pre-born and for the born because it's a gift from God.
0: I There's a few, there's lots of things that I was thinking. One of them was how confidently David spoke about God's love for him. <laughs> like he, there's something beautiful about God has made me. I am loved by him. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. And I, I think I, I just hope that we can all speak so confidently about God's love for us. I just, I love that. But also, I just, I think um, there's lots of things that you said, but one about uh, the value of all human life and how we wouldn't uh, dispose of a child if they're if we knew who they might be but but how that doesn't matter <laughs> like every person has value and worth equally and so and so there there's uh, if we could see that value and worth however i just want to pray for as we close right now the the woman who has made that choice to abort their child um and I I know people I know women who have and the the guilt and the discouragement that can come along with that decision um if you have placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ um you are forgiven and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and now we get to proclaim together uh that God is a god of grace and and mercy and he is faithful to to forgive and to finish the good work that he began in us. So I want to pray for your heart right now as you listen to this, um, that you could receive mercy and receive grace. God, you are a good God and you are our father and you say that we can come before a throne of grace so Lord for the person for the woman for the man who maybe even forced a woman to make that decision Lord God I pray that if they have first of all if they have not repented Lord that they would confess their sin before you and that they would repent of their sin you say if we confess our sin you are faithful and just to forgive and to purify us so God we a Acknowledge that we get to come before you and repent and turn and change. Lord, and for the woman who, or the man who has repented, who has confessed, Lord, I pray that that they would receive your grace, that there's, there, you say in your word, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God, I pray that they would receive that grace, God, and that they would walk um, faithfully and and with, with that confidence that David, who was a great sinner, <laughs> could could proclaim. I, I pray that they could still proclaim that same confidence, God, that you love them, um, God, that you, you care for them and that you've forgiven them. And Lord, I pray for all of us, God, that we would value every human being, God, um, those preborn, those who are walking this earth, God, that we would uh, value and see their value because you have given them value. So, Lord, we we thank you. Gosh, Lord, we thank you that you thought of us, that you, every hair on our head has been numbered, that you um, every personality, skin color, um, voice, everything you thought of. God, you knit us together in our mother's womb. So God, thank you for your creativity and for your amazing love. Lord, we worship you. We delight in you. And we ask you, um, Lord, that we could remember these things as we walk out and continue to read the rest of the Psalms this week. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Chris.